1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins-Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. And now, the woman who is a ray of sunshine as we wait for a hurricane to hit New York, our very own (laughs) shining star, my producer, Lori Houston. Hi, Lori.
2: Hi, Jane. It feels like it's been forever, doesn't it?
1: It does. It does.
2: It's only been been a,
1: a couple of weeks. I've really missed you. But I must tell you briefly, I had a personal accomplishment during that time. I took my first spin class, my fitness nemesis, <laughs> and I actually spun for what I thought was like an hour, and my legs were starting to hurt. And I looked at the clock, and it was exactly two minutes. But, <laughs> but you know, I stayed the course, and now I actually can't walk for real. But, and now, Lori, I only have the elliptical machine to conquer. But of course, that is not going to happen ever. <laughs> you, no matter how long we, no matter how long the next hiatus is. So, um, but what is happening right now, as we speak, will be a great and inspirational show after the break we're going to meet jenna Lavallee, Jenna on her own lost 139 pounds and it totally changed her life, as you would imagine. How did she do it? We're going to find out soon. But first, it is my great, great pleasure to welcome to the show one of the world's most beautiful women, Frederique Vanderfell. She has taken her phenomenal success in fashion and beauty and translated it into a career that spans the worlds of not only fashion, but film and television and business. Of course, you may all remember her from seeing her in prestigious campaigns for Revlon Guests, MCI, and of course, Victoria's Secret. She's been profiled in magazines such as Forbes and InStyle, and she's been on the cover of probably every major magazine in the world. So, uh, And now after two decades as both an international model and a fashion icon, she's laughing in the background, she's doing something that between us I have always wanted to do, and that is bringing her love of flowers to New York City and beyond and inspiring city dwellers such as myself to incorporate the beauty and health benefits of flowers into their everyday (laughs) lives. There you go.
2: Welcome to the show, Fred. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you
1: so much for being with us. (laughs) Wow. I mean, that that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank
2: you for that that intro. I had to get get it all in there. So Now,
1: before we talk about your health and beauty secrets, of which I'm sure there are many, let's talk flowers and specifically Frank's choice. You know, I was reading that much of the calm and positive energy you exude in life, more compliments for you uh, are surrounded by flowers which began in your native Holland and in yes well I mean yeah.
3: growing up in, in, in Holland is definitely it's so, such an intricate part of our society to have flowers so there's always been an enormous inspiration and when I moved uh, to start and embark my career as a model, um in um that was sort of uh, early 90s late 80s already a uh, couple of years ago um i realized that flowers were not so much part of life everyday life so i definitely always wanted flowers in the home um because it was just it's something that really brightens the room and makes it feel so much better And then uh, fast forward to, and I I just heard that you were starting to say it, in 2005, um, the Dutch government, um, as in a recognition to my career, named a flower after me, a lily. How cool is that? And that's...
2: That's like being knighted.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, a stamp, knighted, and a flower. (laughs) I got one of those. Um yeah it was so also funny because the Dutch um don't always put people on a pedestal and um the feeling of of being recognized uh you know in your own home country and especially in the way of a flower was something so incredibly timeless um and I had a choice that's why I chose for my company Frederick's choice it was um, or it is this beautiful lily and um, when I went to the greenhouse and and was sort of brought through the process, I actually never realized even, you know, being a lover of flowers, using flowers, putting flowers together, that some of these blooms take 10 years to create. And I thought it was so interesting that here we live, you know, with flower. Most people, I mean, we definitely yeah. maybe don't have them every day. We're going to change that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we should.
3: But that's that, We should, yes, because it definitely has a a real impact on your life. But then I did um, um, a TV show of how flowers, actually a documentary, how they come to you. And that's really what um, brought me to say I would love to incorporate my Dutch heritage, um, my love for flowers, my fashion, um, the many years in fashion and branding being the face and name, to start uh, something that is so meaningful for my life.
2: Yeah, and that's Friedrich, how
3: Frederick's um, Choice got born.
1: To, to talk a little yes. bit about the documentary, um, it's on the, it was on the Discovery Channel. It was called The Invisible Journey, and you travel to Kenya and Holland and New York. You follow the path that a flower takes from the seed to the vase, um and through the mm-hmm. markets and auction houses. And I think when people, say, buy a bunch of tulips, they don't say, gee, I wonder where these came from. They never give it a second thought. So it's a very interesting journey. So, you know, t- talk a little bit about that journey that we're, you know, how flowers develop?
3: Well, first of all, I mean, just the, if, if you, um, you know, sometimes you can compare it with wine or with brands or like coffee is a great example that there are farms where they grow. So for flowers, there's farms where they um, find breeds and with different colors, they, they you know, co-breed uh, different flowers to create different colors. So, uh, it starts, sometimes it even starts off in the laboratory where people kind of look at how can we combine things. Then they uh, place them often first in greenhouses. They kind of see how they grow, how they survive. Um, they check colors. And that process is already a couple of years. And then... Um, um, these particular uh, bulbs will either go, um, um, in Holland obviously you have quite a few breeders, but sometimes in South America or in um, uh, Africa is a big one, California you have uh, a lot of breeders, I mean there's in uh, New Jersey great breeders, as so everywhere in the world there are mm-hmm. growers of some of these flowers. And then... Um, Originally, how it um, used to be in Europe is that you had um, or you have a auction where all these flowers go to, and from there people order them, and then they go into the world. Nowadays, and that's one of the things of what we also like to do is use direct from growers, so keeping a fresher product. Um, but the, the, it's a very interesting. Like sometimes you could uh, sit at a dinner and you have, say, a calla lily in front of you. And that calla lily was the day before um, standing proudly in a field in Colombia. Um, so it's an interesting, like that actually the, the routes they travel and the people who touch them, um, there's, a, there's such a story to be told. And I think, I mean, it's funny when we were saying earlier by, about health and wellness, um, there's been lots of um, research done that the effects that having flowers and plants around us and how key that is, especially when you live in cities like New yeah, York, like New York. any urban, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all know it when the spring comes around, how happy you feel. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that, that's very true. But, you know, Frederick, there is, a, there is something called the Smell and Taste Treatment and Resource Foundation in Chicago, which is run by a very um, renowned doctor, Dr. Hirsch. And the foundation uh-huh. does extensive research on the effects of smell on human emotion, mood, behavior, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and health. And to your point, the doctor discovered that your sense of smell has a strong effect not only on your self-esteem, but your creativity and your wellness as well. And many of his studies have linked flowers and scents to positive psychological behavior. So, you know, it's it's, it's interesting.
3: Remarkable. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is, and, it, and, and what you're saying, they've done, um, Harvard did a study, and Rutgers also, Also, if you have it not only in the home, but in the office, even, that you have, you get sort of a more innovative thinking process. People are kinder, so they actually end up having a conversation. It comes back, it's funny, there's a term uh, that they call biophilia, that means living with flowers and plants, how you communicate again with nature and how important that is and that by just having flowers around you uh, changes uh, your whole you, you know your mood but by that your self-esteem a happier feel so yeah, it's it's kind of and and colors of course we all know that in in some ways but how that also how you can translate that with flowers
1: yeah I also find that flowers I have a lot of Uh, when you talk about happiness, um, some of the happiest Mm -hmm. times of my life is when, you know, I gave birth to my children and I always got flowers after that. So I relate flowers to happiness. And every time I smell orchids, for example, or, or or, or Mm -hmm. lilac or see a a purple rose, you know, a sense of, of peace comes over me. So you can imagine when I visit the rose garden at the Bagatelle, you know, the Bagatelle in Mm -hmm. Paris, I get, Oh my God, I'm like in Mm -hmm. heaven. So um yeah. so so there's so many so many benefits you know that just smell and as I said my on my bucket list is to open my own flower store so now you know now lori knows That's Oh good so Well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll
3: talk work more about that right? maybe we work together and we open a um a little uh, garden heaven in a little place
2: <laughs> there, you, there you go I but
1: first i have to get a flower named after me i just don't know which one <laughs> It would be Jace. Well, choice. I mean, I think
3: again. <laughs> also, it's funny with flowers. Sometimes people are a little bit intimidated by flowers, and I think that's also something that we're trying to say to people: is we create these bouquets, and and you know, sometimes even having if you have a bouquet to deconstruct it and put one flower in a little vase, um, just to you know, don't be afraid of it. It's funny. There's still this kind of idea. I don't know why that is, but it's it's such a wonderful thing to have around.
1: Yeah, and you think people think they need all bouquets I mean, all you need is like one one flower if that's yeah. all you can and they're they're very yeah. beautiful. And and your flowers. Now you had an event the other night. I'm very sorry I was unable to attend. I'm so sorry I missed it. But you introduced Frederick's Choice to New York City and of course uh, beyond. Um tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, it was um um it was fantastic, actually. It was a magical night. <laughs> we had it uh, so I on heard. the top of the yellow green, which is... Um um, already a bit of a garden feel. And then, uh, with our team, we dressed up. I stood all day on letters and <laughs> hanging up delphinian flowers, setting up bouquets. So we created this, um, yeah, garden in the sky. And really, you would come up there and it smelled wonderful. It had this beautiful feel and all the little lights on and little sort of candle lit. And it was wonderful. We had a, a really nice turnout. And it also had, I mean, there was a very genuine feel. It, it felt very, it felt cozy and nice and everybody seemed, um, seemed very happy and connected. I think that's what flowers do. But it, it really, sometimes in New York, people are so fast moving and, and, you know, have a moment of time. And it really felt um, heartfelt. It was really nice.
1: I get to take the flowers home after a wedding, Frédéric, or like a bar mitzvah. This is something I would have wanted to take home the
3: entire set with me. Yeah, (laughs) well, you could have. You could have because I definitely gave some of the bouquets to people. And we had a little giveaway when people left. It's a little box we have with one flower. And so even, you know, that gesture of of having something. So um, we made a lot of people happy. <laughs> oh, my
1: goodness. Well, you did indeed. Now, did you find a connection between floral designs and, and fashion and, and modeling?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's an interesting... I mean, uh, clearly the modeling was in the part of the business, you know, having been a face and, and a name of brands, that, that knowledge and how things work obviously worked really well. But if you think about fashion, fashion is also the inspiration comes from nature and colors. I mean, some designers um, work off of that. I mean, I remember when Donna Karen at one point had her white orchids as sort of her inspiration. Um, actually, this Fashion Week, we did a collaboration with the designer Nicholas Kay, and she um, was really working with sort of these oranges, and her style is very um, kind of cool yet feminine. Um, quite strong in feeling for women, like and and an, but yet flowy. And and in flowers, if I would describe a flower, I could say we use actually spray roses, very classic, timeless, yet a little bit wild. You don't have one, you have a few, and then we used orange as a color. So there is there is definitely um, it it comes together, and and I think from. Uh, from my years in fashion, it 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 yeah, it all somehow ties together.
1: Yeah, and Nicholas K. By the way, is a very very hot designer. So for, um, oh, for I, I I love yes. what
3: she. She's I doing. actually saw a very funny film that she shared um, at uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know if you saw some of those little videos what he did on fashion. <laughs> oh I, no, I did not. And, Oh yeah. Anyway, they were showing some of the design because some of the designs are so not wearable, and she is one of these women uh, designer who who really thinks uh, about you know that you want to be able to wear it. It's not some kind of crazy outfit.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. Now, what would you? What are your personal um, favorite flower arrangements? I mean, what do you have around your house?
3: Well, I I. Um, I love quite a few I mean, delphiniums I have at the moment. Um, I have hydrangeas, which I love. I change colors is a very big theme. So through our collections that we have uh, also with Frederick's Choice or yeah, mood bouquet so really using blues for tranquility and and white serenity and purity and reds and oranges for energizing so i do the same in my home um at the moment i have a little bit more of a blue feel because um i need to come home and relax <laughs> And I love to deconstruct also bouquets. So even if I um get one of my bouquets I often take one or two flowers out and I put a flower in my daughter's room or next to my bed. Um I love that feeling also. Um and I, I even I mean I don't think in all my years I, I my house doesn't feel right. If I don't have flowers, I, even if it's around the corner and you pick something up, just the feeling that something is alive is very important to me. Yeah, I was um, going to ask you that. also love
1: Just when you mentioned around the corner, pick it up. Are the flowers that you get in the bodegas and places like the supermarket, are they the same quality as you would? I mean, is that something that...
3: Sadly, yeah. it's not. I mean, I. I it, it's hard. It depends. Some people can have a more direct. Like the other day, I, I did see, for example. Um, uh, that Whole Foods had a direct link to a New Jersey grower, so then it's it's it 's fresher, and then I think it 's fine. Uh, the problem often is is that um you know in the deli around the corner, those flowers have traveled already for so long that the moment they come into your home and a change of temperature, and then people say i don 't know if I want flowers because they died within a day, well. You know, that's the problem when you get them at sort of an unreliable source. This is one of the things that, that we really try to do at Frederick's Choice is by doing really direct from growers and make it also approachable. Um, our bouquets, you know, don't start at $100, they start at $49. Right. So that people can say, okay, I, I, uh, I dare to take this chance and know what it feels like. I think that's also making that trash hold a little bit less. But yeah, you there's certain flowers that are better in these type of places. One of those is gladiolus. They survive always longer. So there's certain lilies are strong flowers. Calla lilies are strong flowers. Uh, roses often not because the change of temperature really uh, get them, so um, it's kind of also knowing which ones to use.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I did order if something you... from, from Whole Foods. Whole Foods, if you're listening, I ordered a terrarium from you and it died a week later. So I'm not a big
3: fan of oh, Whole Foods big.
1: flowers. Yes. Oh, oh, my
3: God. I, I mean, just, it's, uh, uh, and then on top of it, the terrarium that should survive. Uh, no, them.
2: it's like, what happened to my terrarium? I looked at it, it was like, well, <laughs> something, something. They like, live
3: off oxygen on top I of know, it. Uh, because that's, by the way, also something for people we're. Um we're um actually I just wrapped up for a program that we're gonna uh, uh what we're doing with A and E, with FYI and it's showing it's called Homegrown Makeover, where you bring the outdoors in, so with flowers and plants and for people to also know it is a real especially in apartments and, and smaller homes when you're in cities, how important it is to have that green element come in because they really help with oxygen, so also with, you know, certain orchids or peace lilies or English ivy or, you know, with flowers, it's a, it's a really good detoxifier in a home.
1: Now, do you also, you believe in aromatherapy as well, do you not? Do you yeah. have, um, do you use oils or do you just have the sense of yeah. the flowers? Too? You do.
3: Um I do. I. I. I and, and again, in New York City, <laughs> yeah, right? I <laughs> have to get rid of certain smells here and there uh, from my neighbor's garlic. Um, yeah, I. I, <laughs> I have fish. I have so warm. you're ahead of the game. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one too. Well, there is. There is um, wild orange. Is a fantastic essential oil. Um, lavender, I mean, how fantastic, it's calming, uh, which we all can use more of, um, and it's a fantastic, it, it instantly leaves a wonderful smell. So I use, um, you know, where you put, um, I'm blanking out on the name, where in the water and you put a few drops and then it, um a diffuser. Diffuser, right. Um yeah, so I I love using that on top of it, um, you know. But in certain times, like lilacs is is a flower that really can take a smell over. Peonies in May is wonderful, you know. But I think to use aromatherapy, I think is a wonderful element in a in a house. I think it's really a, a wonderful add-on, and and living more consciously that way.
1: You must have the best smelling house it ever, ever created, I'm telling you. I'm going to move the in moment, with you, it's, it's, it,
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, come by. <laughs> At the moment, I actually have a great smelling house because I have also this flower called a rose lily. And it's a new type of flower. Um, it's It's a lily that looks like a rose. It has sort of layers of of lily inside (laughs) I don't know how to explain it it's a burst of lily and it just I mean the house and it's not as strong some lilies can be very strong and it's really wonderful you walk in and you kind of go oh
2: how wonderful
3: Oh my
1: goodness!
2: Yes. But it's not so, always like that. I'm coming.
1: I'm coming with my bags. I'm not just coming myself. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving in there. So I just wanted before we talk a, a, about your a little bit about your health and, and beauty secrets, as I said, of which there are many. Frederick's Choice is an e-commerce platform, right? It's a site. It's always is it? It's just online. Is that how we can? Work? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can so, go
3: online, and then you find the collections there.
1: Um, and do, what do you find most people? They like roses. I mean, what's the the most popular that you?
3: Well, I think it, definitely in America people love roses. So I use in 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 a lot of the bouquets I I use roses. I think that people are starting like calla lily. I think is beautiful. Um, I often also use eucalyptus within the bouquets, which is a, a wonderful great to absorb bad smells mm-hmm. and exudes a good smell. So that's a it's a really potent one to use um and again i put the bouquets together really with a feel of colors i also have um, which is a really fun one i have horoscope bouquets so i've created bouquets around each horoscope oh
1: what's in the virgo
3: just yeah. out of curiosity <laughs> oh are you <laughs>
2: ordering <Virgo>? i am
3: <laughs> i me too there you, you go okay. so yeah, so we like our blues and greens. So, so I I used those colors. They're very complementary for us. Um and I used uh hydrangeas is a flower we like. So I I um I have um bells of Ireland in there. I have some um licentiums in there. So I I created it with the feel, yeah, of what the colors, there's also um, we are organized, so there is an organized feeling to the bouquet. Uh, yet there is things that come out that are a little bit um, unexpected, like the bells of Ireland, um, because we have that other side to us that not everybody always sees. Oh,
2: okay.
3: <laughs> so wow. I went through, yeah. So I when I when when um, I, we were in the workshop and I was putting things. Together, I would read up on the certain horoscopes. And interestingly enough, the colors is really something that coincides with your zodiac sign. So it's um, yeah, it's a, a wonderful process to do.
1: <laughs> That's that. Now, what day is your birthday?
3: Just... Uh, August 30th. Oh,
1: August 30th. Oh, no, I thought maybe we would be separated at birth, but we're not. <laughs>
3: I'm
2: a little
1: later. <laughs> oh.
3: oh, yeah. Okay. You're a you're but... real right. You like your lists, too.
1: I, I like my, I do, I do. But Lori, spoiler yeah. alert, Lori's in um, January. So now she knows what she's okay. going to get for her birthday. Oh, so, good. And I recommend that everybody just go to Frederick's FredericksChoice.com. Is that how we yes. uh, find you? Yes. Um, and yeah. could you leave us, we have a, a few more minutes left. Um, could you um, tell us a little bit about just your, your beauty uh, regimen and your health uh, regimen? Because I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask one of the world's most beautiful women. How you, how you retain well, your beauty.
3: For for one, um actually funny enough, the tagline and the company's life in full bloom, I think one of the key things is that um to 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 live life and enjoy it it's uh, very important you have to laugh and and not take it all too serious um and in beauty things i've always believed in in um, cleaning your face every night i change my moisturizers around i don't get stuck on one i kind of change that up Um, i also water especially when you travel a lot so drink a lot of water um and i think if you if you you know i think you can do you can eat you know be a little bit more conscious about your local foods i think it's a very good thing but i think it's also very important to enjoy it i'm not particularly somebody who believes in um that you have to be vegan or but be more conscious i think that's but enjoy those moments when you do eat uh, and have a good glass of wine is key
1: Oh, my audience just loves you in so many ways. <laughs> so, well, Frederick, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us. You are beautiful inside and out and you surround yourself with beauty and we will all surround ourselves with beauty by, um, Clicking onto com and ordering our flowers, which are very, very Thank different. you. So, um, thanks again for being with us. And um, I will let you know my choice of flowers when I see online what I'm going to order. Okay, one use- Wonderful. You- it was. It's. I'm. I'm thinking all these wonderful things that you're telling me. All these. This great advice. So I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready to surround myself by all Frederick's okay. choice flowers. <laughs> there you go. Thank Thanks you. Again. Thanks again. Everyone, stay okay. with us. When we return, we'll meet Jenna LaValle and discuss her remarkable 139 pound weight loss that she did all on her own. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. Stay with us. We'll be back.
2: As listeners of our iHeartRadio talk show know, Jane Wilkins-Michael is one of the foremost experts on all things health, beauty, and fitness. Jane has just released her highly anticipated new book, Long Live You, a step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before. In it, she shares a collection of advice, tips, and personal antidotes, along with lifestyle suggestions from some of the world's top beauty, health, and fitness experts, many of whom have been interviewed on this show. Are you hoping to make positive health decisions, improve your emotional well-being, establish a support system, give something back to your community and the world? Jane's new book will help you look years younger and also live a longer, healthier, happier, and more beautiful life. You can order Long Live You, your step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before at your local bookstore or at Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com where it's available for delivery or as an ebook, Or go to Jane's website, janewilkinsmichael.com. Now, back to The Jane Wilkins Michael Show.
0: Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's Show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeart Radio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at Vmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins Michael and better than before.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to The Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm here with Lori, my fantastic Lori. And now we'd like to welcome a really inspirational, beautiful woman to the show. Her name is Jenna LaVallee, and she is a sales leader and sales coach in the tech space, but she's also a fitness and wellness enthusiast. And you know, she she did this through incredible, incredible dedication and hard work and that this is losing over a hundred pounds which is not easy by any means she is also a wife and mother of a 14 year old daughter taylor and jenna says uh, she changed her life just in time to show her daughter the right ways to live hi jenna welcome to the show thanks so much for being with us
4: thank you for having me what a pleasure
1: you know Um, I was thinking about you and very often when you see people who are overweight, o- obese, you know, you think they had to start somewhere. You know, you gain a little here, you gain a little there, and all of a sudden it's a lot. And then most people get so discouraged. They get, you know, it's just so overwhelming. You know, you say, Oh my God, I gotta lose a hundred pounds. I mean, how do, where do I even begin? How could I possibly lose all that? Um, so let's start, um, by you're telling our audience what, how did it begin for you? Was it little by little? Would you, did you go under a stressful time and you sort of gained it all at once? Uh, how did that work for you to gain it?
4: So to gain it, yes. it is. A, it was a stressful time. I've always been at kind of the top of my sales career. And I don't know why us, as especially mothers, kind of neglect ourselves. And I was trying to do it all, you know, um, raise a family, have a successful career. And after having my... Little girl, I start, I lost 20 pounds and then it just wasn't coming off. And so I started doing crash dieting and we all know crash dieting. Everybody's done that once in their lifetime. Maybe people needed five pounds to lose or more. It just doesn't work, you know? So, um, I just started packing on the pounds and I packed them on for 15 years and I started thinking about how many times I crash dieted. And I was overweight for 13 years and if I did that two or three times a year, I mean, that's almost close to 50 times in 13 years that I did crash dieting. Um, and when you crash diet, you can lose a quick 20 or 30. I've tried all of them. And then when you're, you know, I do it for an event or just, you know, for a birthday or for a vacation because I had to put a swimsuit on. Uh, then I would go to that event or go on that vacation and I would eat normal and I would gain all the weight back and then some. So yeah, it's it was a, a trouble. struggle for me yeah right in fact you lose five
1: pounds and then you you get so hungry you eat everything in the refrigerator and you gain back that plus another 10 so it just it does Absolutely. it doesn't work and you deprive yourself on top of it and that's all you want you you dream about food you focus on food you know oh my god i have to have that piece of bread it becomes almost like a, the holy grail of, of the of the diet world, right so it's such an obsession it really it's is an, It's an obsession it's an obsession so how long at all how long did it take you to gain this extra weight? I mean, from start to finish, would you say when it was, Uh, you
4: know, I probably gained it in two
1: years, um, where I got to
4: my highest. Yeah. I gained a lot fast and I kept it on and then I would lose 20 or 30 pounds and then I would gain it back, uh, with a few pounds here and there. And so it was just a roller coaster. I kept it on for a total of 13 years and, um, you know, I never saw myself as I think maybe it's total denial. I never saw myself as heavy. I always kind of saw myself as the girl I was, you know, I had the same personality, I had the same drive at work and it wasn't until I had to get dressed up for an event or get into a bathing suit that I went, Oh my goodness, (laughs) look at, like, I have to go try this on. So that was my reality moments. So I stayed away from those moments as much as I could. Um, So denial was a big thing for me. And time and effort. And I it was just kind of excuses. You can plan all these things in your life. You can work really hard in your life, but I just wasn't making the time for me. And so that's what changed for me.
2: Yeah.
1: So they, I mentioned, I was reading something about you and, and you said, even at your heaviest, as you've mentioned, you were never one to lack self-confidence or self-esteem, but what you did lack was the strength in believing in your ability to lose weight, which was Absolutely. important because that's really what what your goal was. So, what was the turning point that you looked and you said enough, I'm not going to do this anymore?
4: So, I worked um at a I still work at a tech company, Living Social,
1: and mm-hmm. I had a great team
4: and I was successful in my past career and successful in this career and I would notice that my coworkers, my director, they were all getting up early <laughs> and working out and at the crack of dawn. And I remember thinking, huh, what am I missing here? You know, they're achievers too, and they're going out, and they're fitting this in their lives, and some have families and some don't. And I just took notice to it and decided, you know, and I decided I remember thinking of my daughter. She's starting high school, or she was in junior high at the time, and thinking it must be embarrassing to have a mom that's heavy. And then I started thinking, you know, what am I teaching her as far as lessons? And it all kind of clicked one day, and I didn't have a health scare. I was really lucky. I didn't have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, but my doctor always tried to talk to me about it, and I would do, you know go in and lose 30 pounds. She'd be like, great. And then the next time I came in, I was up 40. It was embarrassing. And, you know, I was really inspired by my coworkers and my director and decided to make a change and asked, you know, for some help and made myself accountable, and that's when it started for me.
1: Yeah. I must tell you that kids are embarrassed just to have a mother, period. I remember picking them up at school and <laughs> they say, when you come in the car, just that like slink down Dang. under the seat, under the wheels. so <laughs> Nobody knows we're being picked up by our mother. <laughs> so I, it's, true. Like, it's, like do it's, not come in. Do not, not come in. Do not say that you're anywhere related <laughs> to me. You are just like drive the Uber that's picking me up, right? Um, it's so, so true. It is true. But I can imagine, as you say, if you're overweight, it, it makes it even more. More like you know you 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 feel your child might be embarrassed you know so I think that that really does Absolutely. make, make a difference I've I've heard that
4: I, and I actually asked her once like right before I made this decision I asked her and of course she's so sweet and you know she's never gonna tell me um, you know and maybe she feels fine either way but I remember asking her and I'm like that's kind of a rock bottom moment when you have to ask your daughter like oh I'm a little heavy this must be embarrassing and I had a really fit cute mom and. You know, and I used to be really fit. So I never had to experience that. So I really thought, thought a lot about it. And then I just, you know, the things I was teaching her, she's entering her adolescence. And this is the time, especially for girls, you know, that's really, really hard with food. So that's why I say I really changed my life at the right time to show her how to live right. So I'm grateful for that. Grateful that my moment happened when it needed to happen
1: and and you made her stronger for seeing that it can be done you know that she could do i mean it was a challenge for you obviously it was a, it was a huge challenge so um what what did you find in this journey would were the most challenging i mean did you want to like Get off of your, and we'll talk about actually what you did, your lifestyle. But were you just sort of saying, well, now I, is this only for a short time that I'm going to eat again? Or did you finally sort of re, re look at your whole lifestyle that it wasn't a diet, quote unquote, but it was a way of life? And so it wasn't something to be broken. It wasn't something to go on and off of, but it was a way of life that you really wanted to change your ways and live completely differently. Um, so I guess that, is that something that um, was a challenge for you to get there or does that you just decided to do that right off the head, right off the bat?
4: Absolutely. So I decided to do that right off the bat, but I didn't know if it was going to happen. I had failed so many times before. Nobody knew I was going to make it this time. So it's so interesting. It's such a great question because I, you know, it takes about three to six weeks to develop a habit, I think. And Mm -hmm. I just was a robot. And I, like, I always laugh. I'm like a shark that smells blood when it comes to sweets or, you know, (laughs) foods that I crave.
3: So, you know,
4: and so I just try to stay away from them. And I started in August and the holidays came up quick. And so, you know, while people were eating all the, the great desserts and the big food. I was eating my big salad and, you know, my daughter at first was kind of like, you are like the health police. This is not fun. And, and we can talk about that later. It really changed down the road. But um I think because I was a robot, I was a creature of habit, uh, with my book of business at sales, I kind of did that with my food and just started eating the same things. And I saw that the weight was falling off and I stayed committed. And I kind of faked it till I made it and I don't know that I believed in the process, and then all of a sudden, it's like light bulb happens. It's like it's happening, and all you know, I was believing, and um, I think because I was so strict at first, got to the point where I was unhappy, but I just didn't cheat, so I didn't crave that it worked, right. and that's really what set me on the right path.
1: See, I'm not the kind of person that can eat a little bit of it. Some people say, oh, just take a bite of cheesecake because it's like the last bite that really stays in your mouth. So if you eat the whole thing or just right. one bite, it's the same taste. No, 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 no. It's not the same taste. If it's there, <laughs> you eat it. And then, but the problem also with food, and you probably notice this as well, if you buy a muffin, let's say at the, you know, anywhere and, and it's in the packaging and you could see, it says like 100 calories and you go, oh, it's only 100 calories. That's good. And then you look, that's why I say always to read labels and you probably, feel the same way you look at that muffin, and it says 100 calories for like a half of the, but like not even a half, but like the teeniest little corner is 100 calories, and the whole muffin is like 50,000 calories. So right, so you right? can't have that in front of you. <laughs> you can't have it in front of me because I'm not going to eat that little bite. I'm going to eat the whole muffin because that's that is. <laughs> I mean, it's some people say, oh no, no, I, I, they can eat it. I. I can't, and and I have to know that I can't have that on anywhere near me. So that because
2: <laughs> I know, right? I'm, like, I'm exactly um, the
1: same way. <laughs> I like it. With, I'm like a shark with, with to blood. You know, I just I oh wow, that muffin it's making me a little hungry now. So we're when right. you um, so let's say the first day you said okay, now I'm going to do this. Did you? did you change from something that you had done before? So did you maybe eat a bigger breakfast or did you start small like an egg? And then, you know, you just sort of were a little bit hungry during the day or did you say, look, I'm going to have a good breakfast. Cause that's what's important. Is it not to start with a good breakfast? Otherwise you're ravenous. Yeah. Breakfast.
4: It's a great question. I think breakfast is key. So for the first month I did this all on my own. I, I, just decided to I not cut out carbs but I ate good carbs so if i was craving carbs i'd have a potato or wheat bread or lavash those were my go to's i would have a huge breakfast i would have 3 eggs and i wasn't doing egg whites i was doing the full egg sometimes i did egg whites but i most i was hungry i did turkey bacon toast and then i would have a full lunch and dinner And I would nibble in between. I would have an apple and uh, I would have like a power bar that, you know, would help me with my sweet craving or, you know, um, a special snack. So I really actually ate more in this process and started to lose weight, but I was eating the right things.
1: Right. And eating clean
4: is really important, right? And so Mm -hmm. people don't understand that eating clean is like less packaged foods, which is so hard to do. I mean, even daily I struggle with it. But when you eat clean, it seems like, um, I would lose weight faster, inches faster. So I really tried to practice that as well. But I'm an eater. I still am an eater. I feel like I eat more now than I ever have, but I'm eating the right things. I wasn't like ravenous and waiting till that big meal at you know lunch and dinner and going to bed or eating nine o'clock at night. I don't do those things anymore. And I wasn't exercising. So uh, those are the key things to really you know, make this transformation for me and get to get
1: started. Yeah. I'm always suspicious of people who don't eat. You know, like you have lunch with someone, they go, I'm just, you know, right. oh no, just a salad. Like a salad, that's not lunch, that's a salad. You know, you have to eat. Cause I also, I, I mean, I was never. Very, very overweight. But, you know, I could lose 10 pounds here and there at at one point. And I I would, all like you, I would go on the diets and then, of course, I get so hungry and that it it just never works. So until I realized, I sort of made friends with food and I realized that you can eat. If you eat, as you said, the right food, that you can eat a lot of it, a lot of vegetables. I mean, I need a lot of food. Not everyone needs a lot of food. Some people eat like little tiny little portions, which that's not me. So I have to eat food. But you can eat food. If it's the right food, again. Now, what what do you eat a lot of? That's okay to eat. Just vegetables. I mean, they sort of unlimited foods that if you're hungry, you just eat them. You know, till you don't want them. Absolutely. <laughs> till you're
4: sick of them. I know. I'm big on salads. Making my own salads, and I put fresh tomatoes and basil and you know, fun ingredients. I always top it off with a protein and chicken and. Do it with olive oil. Olive oil is like good fat, you know. And I use a, a fitness tracker, so and I put my food in before I eat it, most of the time. It just helps me keep accountable to not overeat. And then there's days where you have these big workout days that you do overeat because your body's like, hey, I'm hungry. So I really listen to my body these days. I um, would do salads. I would. I'm the queen of making. Ground turkey into, you know, like a vegetable lasagna or a, you know, lots of meatballs. And my family could make tacos with it or turkey burgers. I try to make things that they could also, you know, like and enjoy. And, um, you know, I do that daily. I would eat eggs every day, Uh, lots of fish. I love sushi. And um, I would do a lot of sushi and of course, sushi is expensive. So I started going to a market that sold sushi and made it at home and made my favorite things. I would put chicken in a crock pot with salsa and shred it and everybody could make, you know, quesadillas and their thing. And then I could make my salads or make a, you know, barbecue sandwich or wrap on a lavash. So lots of fun things that were easy for me to do. Um, I'm sure my family is so sick of them because like I said, I was a creature of habit and I kept doing the same things, but just got creative of how to make them differently. But it worked for me. It kept me on a schedule.
1: Now, if you, you cut out though, I mean, you, you, you do eat carbs as you described, but what did you cut out? The desserts? I mean, what did you, what are things that you can not have? Just sugar. Yeah.
4: Oh, sugar is so big. And the carbs, I mean, I was eating breakfast wraps with you know, flour tortillas in the past, you know, on the run and, you know, things like that. And there's, you know, and I travel a lot and you have to really be prepared. And I still make mistakes when I order out, you know, I know the things to do. And I just was in Ohio for work and I ordered lettuce wraps and I forgot to ask for sauce on the side because I, sometimes I get sick of ordering a salad or salmon. a And, um, of course it came drenched. You always have to ask, you know, when you get your veggies, you know, don't put any sauce on it, you know, because then they come drenched in butter. So you have to kind of plan out your day as, you know, when you're, if you're traveling for work, what you would do at home, go to the grocery store, buy your favorite things. If you eat out, you know, make sure, you know, the, look at the menu and the healthy options and ask for sauces on the side. So I did a lot of that. So that helped me out a lot.
1: Th- those are the hidden calories because people can order a salad and they think they're being virtuous. And then they, it comes mm-hmm. like with Caesar dressing, which more cream. You might as well eat, you know, like, as you said, the tacos with uh, if the, the amount of calories right. in the dressing and the fat. So they're not eating a salad. They're eating dressing, basically. And there's some lettuce in there, too, to give it a little color. <laughs> but um, Exactly. So th- those are the hidden pitfalls that people don't notice. And and I think too, and if the, if you agree, it's the blind eating, you know, you'll take a bag of potato chips or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you like to eat or, and, and you just sort of eat blindly. And half of the time, you don't even know what you're eating. I mean, that a lot of right. people don't, it's just eating for the sake of eating. You're not even hungry, but you're just keeping eating. So it, it it's more than just eating for hunger. It's eating for whatever, you know, other emotional um, issue you're dealing with, right? It's not just the hunger. Absolutely.
4: And the protein was so important to me. I was eating so many carbs and so much sugar before and I really increased my protein. I even supplemented with protein powders just to get more protein. It keeps you fuller longer. So if you're eating a bag of chips or even a bag of diet popcorn, if you eat the whole bag, you know, it's still going to add up and then you're going to be hungry later. So those are still things that like you really have to, portion control is important when you go towards the snacky stuff. I, I find myself kind of monitoring myself all the time and I love having my power bars and they're such a treat and, you know, sometimes I'll put it in the microwave and it'll taste like a warm cookie. So those are the things that I did as tricks to make me not feel like I was missing out on a sweet dessert when people were eating their chocolate chip cookies and, you know, their things that were around our house for a long time in the beginning of this process that, you know, I had to just deal with it and, you know, go on meetings and, you know, watch people eat whatever they wanted to. And I didn't want anybody to feel differently around me. I just was like, this was a lifestyle change. And I just chose for myself, probably in a year, I only cheated maybe six times. And now I'm a lot more, you know, if I want something, I'll have a couple bites of it and I can control myself. But I do like, like you said about the muffin, cut it in half, put the
1: other half away. You can't see it, so you can only eat half. You can't you eat know. what you can't see. That's what I say. Right? You know, that's that <laughs> makes that so makes sense. And I tell people to go on like a junk hunt in their, in their refrigerator because there are these hidden little evils that you see, you know, the ice cream and the cookies. And, and if they're there, it's so much easier to just eat them, whether if you have to actually go out, go to a store, buy them, uh, it's a lot harder to access them. So, uh, you know, it's, it's easier just not to have them tempt you in your house, which I think is important. absolutely. You probably also <laughs> found that, right? But now, does your daughter also follow a your program or does she eat things that you don't eat? She eats a few
4: things that I don't eat that I I will tell her because you know, she has this like light baloney wrap on a flour tortilla and I'm always telling her the wheat or the lavash would be better, and that's the only kind of bad go to that she has right now. Other than that, she's really changed her eating habits. It's been it's been cool to see because like I said in the beginning, she really was thinking I'm the health police and it was a hard adjustment in this family because everyone kind of had to fend for their self-food lives. and would make food and they're kind of like, what is this? <laughs> you know, this looks way like this is like rabbit food or, you know, they could only eat so many turkey meatballs. And so everybody kind of went on their own path. And then, you know, I'll make some things that they go, go to now and get used to. And it's so funny because I made those turkey meatballs that everybody was sick of. And I made them recently and they were devoured. I can remember. I can't remember can't believe how much I missed these turkey meatballs. I was
2: like, well,
1: that's, wow. That's, that's a good um that's a good idea though. You know, they're better than now, do you right? eat red meat too, or no? Just turkey and fish?
4: I I eat a lot of turkey, chicken and fish. I was a big red meat eater. Um and I don't have a fillet and something very lean here and you know, here and there. I didn't cut it out for any reason. I think it's important for us, especially as women, to have our iron and supplement and do whatever we need to do that way. But I enjoy eating less of it, and when I do eat it, I enjoy it a lot (laughs) because I miss it. Um, So I don't know why. I just just didn't kind of incorporate that a lot in my diet, but when I do have it, it's such a treat.
1: There's no reason for me not to eat it. Right. No, that's true. Although I do remember I I interviewed a nutritionist. I never forget what he said. He goes, honey, you might as well just stick that bagel on your thighs because that's where it's going to end up anyway. It doesn't even have to go
2: through the (laughs) digestive process. (laughs) Right. His
1: best line was, honey, we don't Eat Italian. We wear Italian. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh okay. my goodness! It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, in other words, none of that pasta. Those mounds and mounds of spaghetti, right? But I mean, I think right. for people to understand how amazing that you've done, you lost one hundred and thirty-five pounds, right? That's yeah, like one hundred thirty-nine actually. One hundred thirty-nine. That's like another person. person. It, it's another, and you started out a size twenty-two, and you're a six. That's unbelievable. I'm actually a four now. Oh, you're so a I'm four. Really excited. Oh my gosh.
4: But you know, clothes are different, right? You can't look at the numbers anymore. I was so focused on, oh, okay, I'm going to get to this size, but you know, I can wear between a two and a six, depending on the cut and where you buy it. But I'm really excited. Yeah. I can't believe it. In a million years, if you told me a year and a half ago that that's where I'd be, I would not have believed
1: you. Well, so if you look on your picture, if you look at your picture, now just give the name of the website. We'll do it again at the end too. But what is your website? Sure.
4: It's com, And then we also have a Facebook page,
1: which is Getting Closer Every Day. And, and I tell you something, if you look at your picture, your before or after, it's like a whole different – it is. It's like not even the same woman. It's un, unbelievable. It's shocking. It is people, shocking. People th- it's, it's just shocking. so amazing you know i saw this i heard your story I said you know i have to have you on the show it's it, and and the other thing is a lot of times people think because they read the celebrity interviews and you know the celebrities have their own chef and then they have their own fitness person i mean if they're back in call not just they go to gym class or have a trainer you know as some people do but this is like full-time full-time trainer full-time right. chef, full-time stylist full-time blah 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 and they still can't do it and yet you on your own, um, all, you obviously you did exercise and you did, you know, have, and you said you, the nutritionist and, you know, you, you did have that help that way, but that we can all have that help too. Um, but right. you did it on your own. And I find that to be unbelievably inspiring that you can do it. And there's no excuse. I mean, people are always, we had a Dr. Michael Roizen on the show. He goes, every day you wake up, you have two choices, make excuses or make something happen. And how many people right. make excuses? And and sometimes I found personally for the women that I've spoken with and and, and interviewed um, that they being heavy is sort of an excuse. Well, it's not like they don't like me for me because I'm a nice, wonderful person if they knew me, but I'm heavy, so that's why. So there's a you know there's a reason why they don't like me. So it sort of takes it off of them and puts it on the weight. And it, it, if they lost the weight, they'd see that there's really no reason you know, everyone will love them thin too, right? It's not, they don't have to use Absolutely. the weight as an excuse. It's not right? an excuse. I mean, I, th- I feel like people love me
4: just as they did as when yeah. I was heavy. And I did my diet and I probably lost 10 pounds. And then I hired a trainer and I saw him a couple of times a week. His name was Eric and he was fantastic. And I told him I had already started losing weight. And he said, well, let's just keep with your diet. And he kept me accountable. And I remember I walked in and, this is where all these pro athletes go to. I was referred to him by my boss and, um, Stedman Huckman's is where we uh, worked out and his, uh, company is Bach performance. And it was his first day too over there. And I was just kind of a shock that I was in this building that was, had all these pro athletes. And I was, thinking I'm totally in the wrong place, this huge girl, and I had to exercise on the wall. He wasn't going to put weights in my hand. We had to walk, and I was just so large at that time. And I told him I lost weight, you know, do my diet. And he said, let's not change anything that you're doing, and then when you plateau, I'll talk to you about diet. And so I did that, and he told me, okay, eat protein the size of your fist. Well, I'm so big, and I'm still so hungry. I was probably eating two or three sizes. (laughs) You know, I was still overeating, but I was losing weight. And at the five-month mark, I plateaued, and so he helped me kind of change things up and guide me there. And then I I really worked out hard every day on my own, and I I walked. You know, people think you have to do this strenuous Mm -hmm. exercise. I have this little love affair with my dog and took her walking and running as I got stronger, and I did a lot of things. Uh, on my own I couldn't work out in my house it's just like I didn't have the discipline to go do sit-ups and all these things not really I like like it's really hard I had to go to the rec center or I had to go you know work out with Eric or I had to go out on those paths and I did it every day and some days I did twice a day so you know everybody can do it I was the excuse queen I didn't have time for it my work was busy my life was busy and it's just kind of ironic. You try to build this really great life and, you know, but you're not going to build your life healthy and you're not going to be here to see it. So why do you do all that hard stuff? Why do yeah. you want to be president's club every year and make money and, you know, do these things if you're not going to be able to enjoy them later. And that all finally started to click for me. Yeah,
2: and so what I do today,
4: yeah. that's the motivation. And so I, you know, the answer to me now is, you know, you know, some people were saying, you know, she get out of sales. It's so stressful, but it's in my blood. And I, I think no way, you know, I want to do this, you know, and I am my own book of business. Now I have to check all these boxes every day and the boxes that I check every day is health, family, friends, and business. And I do it every day. And, and if I do that every day, I can't fail. So I wake up and I make time for everything. And that is how I kind of look at each day and how I kind of execute and stay on the right track. And I listen to my body. There's days where I'm like, I can't do it. I'm exhausted. I overdid it. And you got to have those rest days too. It's not like you have to be always going. So those were the big lessons that I've learned. And I think when somebody, and I made myself accountable. And when you make yourself accountable and you put it out there, this is what I'm doing. Then people start pouring in because, you know, they want to make sure that you're doing what you said you're going to do. And that really worked for me.
1: That's an amazing story, and what I, I love what you said. Um, that y- you are you are living proof. So I'm going to sort of say it and, 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 and talk to you about it. You are living proof that it's never too late to start again and be the person you only saw in your dreams. And We all have the power to achieve our goals, which is what you have you have done, and that's the advice you give to others. You are living, You know, it's never never too late to start again. And people say, "And you're what? You're 43 now." 43 years old, yeah. Yeah, you're 43. Oh, I'm also 43. Not, I say that, now, but I, no one can understand. You look at no, no one can understand why I have a son who's 37. How could you be 33 when you have a son? Well, you know, it's just, it happened. What can I tell you? I was very, 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 very young. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful
4: genes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good genes. What can I tell you? It's you know I had him when I was four. Um, so right? you are living living proof that you know it can do it, and and you're an inspiration to everyone. Now, if everybody wants to be even more inspired, even if they listen to the show, where can they find you? Give us again your website and all of your um, all of your uh, sure. all the details.
4: Sure. So my website is getting closer every day. And then on Facebook, it's the same thing, getting closer every day. I also am on a – jaw. it's called Jawbone Up. It's a fitness tracker that I use that helps keep me kind of accountable. And that is on their blog at jawbone.com. And you can find me there, Jenna LaValle, which is L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E. And I was also on Shapefit.com, And that is where kind of of I got discovered. And um, I recently was in a publication for First for Women that was just released. And it's been wonderful because I've had thousands of people reach out and I really want people to believe whether they, I want to save people years and the people also that have like, even the people that are saying, reaching out to me that it's been 25 years. You only had 13 years and they think it's too late. It's not too late. And so I'm so touched by all these people that are reaching out for help and I really want them to believe you know, that they can do this. And as I told you, I just, they absolutely can do it. And I just jumped on a plane um, last week when this magazine was released and it was so funny. I was exhausted. It was early in the morning and I was at the checkout stand at the airport getting water. And there was a couple of ladies that had the magazine in their hand and I didn't even think there you are. You're a, a couple right? You're a cover
1: girl. Right? <laughs> you're, a, you're, <laughs> a, you're, a, you're a cover girl. And they were very impressive. <laughs> you were there, right? Living proof. There. There you are. Well, right. it was so fun because I grabbed a
4: couple of the magazines on the rack. And I, I saw her. And she turned to me and she saw I grabbed it. And she said, this is a great magazine. And I said, <laughs> this is me.
2: That's and you. Oh, my
4: And this was the realest experience I think I've had. She just turned around, hugged me, asked me for my autograph, a picture. She was on my flight to Columbus. She announced it on the plane, and she asked me for my email. I gave her all my information. And she said, you always see, you know, you never see the real people behind the story, and you're a real person. You're not a celebrity. You're not somebody that did use crazy things and I've been struggling my, with my weight. I'm 55 years old and I have grandchildren, and I want to live again. And she got really teary and gave me a hug and it was the most
1: unbelievable experience. Oh, that and is exactly lovely, why I did it. Lovely experience. And right? thank you so much for sharing this with our audience. And again, Absolutely. everyone, Jenna is just an inspiration to us all, myself included, whether it's a hundred pounds, whether it's 10 pounds or basically Anything you want to do, you can do it. And that proves it. Thank you again, Jenna, for being on the show. And everyone, that's our thank show. You. And thanks, Lori, as always. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before.
0: Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.